The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Faithful God, we give you thanks this morning. Because, because you love us. And because we don't deserve that love, but yet you love us so much that you sent Jesus for us. And because Jesus rose and he lives, we can face tomorrow. So we ask God now for the grace as we open your holy word. We ask for the grace to hear your sacred voice in our hearts that we might follow you closely today and the day to follow. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. This morning as I read this familiar story, one which I, uh, I bet you've heard many times as well, in fact, we've, we find a character in the story that we've given a nickname for. That guy's name is Thomas, and you probably have heard the nickname. And I was thinking a lot about that. I was thinking a lot about Thomas and his experience. And I was thinking about how Thomas' experience closely mirrors a lot of our own experiences as followers of Jesus. And what caught my attention was the words that Jesus said to him. Very clear, very direct. He said, do not doubt, but believe. Now I looked in another translation as I tried to make uh, a little bit of the Greek knowledge that I still remember from seminary and and try to understand that phrase a little better. I like the New American Standard translation of that phrase. It says, do not be unbelieving, but be believing. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And I think the reason I like that translation is because it helps me remember that in the journey of following Christ, doubt is still a part of that journey. Of course, this isn't a journey of doubt. It's a journey of faith. But it acknowledges that just like Thomas, we are going to come into a place in our life. We are going to experience things in our lives. We are going to find ourselves in moments where doubt is honestly, truly, realistically what we are experiencing. And I don't think Jesus was closing the door for that when he tells Thomas, Believe. I don't think Jesus was saying, you fool, why are you, are you doubting? He is simply encouraging Thomas in that very moment where he found himself doubting. He says, Thomas, now it's time to believe. I think that all of us in our journey of following Jesus, we get to these places where we think, oh God, are, are you really near? Are you really real? Are you present in this particular situation of my life? 
And I think a lot of us, if we went around the room and shared stories, we'd hear time and time again, story after story, of God showing up in those moments of doubt and saying, yes, I'm here. It's time to believe again. So, recognizing that we do have these moments of doubt. We do have these moments in which we can't help but to doubt, but to question God. I, I want to say to you, first off, that God is not afraid of your doubt. God is not disappointed in you when you get to these places where you're honestly questioning things. So if there's any shame that comes to your life because of that, I invite you this morning, in the name of Jesus, toss that shame out. You are a beloved child of God. And God is not looking to shame you. God is not looking to, to simply set you aside because you're experiencing something that is very real to this side of eternity. But the second question that I want to ask and I want us to consider is, then, is the question of what do we do then? What do we do in these real moments of our lives in which we are walking and following Jesus and honestly find ourselves like Thomas needing to admit, I, I'm having a little trouble believing you, God, right now. I'm having a little trouble seeing God and hearing God. And I think in the story, it, it gives us a little bit of imagination to proceed as followers of Jesus and help one another in these moments. And so the first thing that I want to invite you to do when you find yourself in these seasons is to be willing to plant yourself in the community of God and wait. Often we might hear that these disciples, they were so scared that they went and, and hid in this, in this house. They went and, and locked the door. Oh, what a shameful bunch. What were they thinking? We could say that. I mean, they had every reason. I mean, they had Jesus. They were walking with Jesus for three years. They should have been the first ones out there, but they weren't. But I think an admirable and very important aspect of their actions was that they decided to stick together. I think if we're going to doubt, if we're going to experience these real seasons of our lives, what better place or what better way to do that than to do that together, to plant ourselves in the context of a loving and forgiving community and simply wait the amount of time necessary until we find ourselves seeing and hearing God again. Now, a, a very practical example of what that looks like. You'll notice this morning, I am proudly wearing a... Uh, an Astros jersey, and this isn't just because they're awesome. I was an Astros fan way before they were awesome. And so as I, as I consider uh, 
just a journey. Uh, these guys, I had to look this up because I didn't remember. They started in 1962. And in case uh, anybody needs help with the math, we've, been, we've come a long way since 1962 to be able to hold out very proudly the commissioner's trophy and get to hang a banner up in the stadium and say, finally, we know what it feels like to actually win something. But let me tell you who got the most joy of that. It wasn't the people that just decided at the last second that they were going to be Astros fans and go and make a line at Academy and, you know, do all the things and pretend like they're actual fans. The real fans have, have know that this was time and time again, we were like the butt of jokes to every, every sportscaster. I mean, it was like, yeah, you know, don't even get your hopes up because you know they're going to find a way to blow it. And that was our reality for years and years and years and years and more years. So I bet you that I got to be, I got to be at, at opening day of, as a gift from my sister, my little sister that I treated so well that she loved me enough to buy me a ticket to opening day. So th let that be a, a lesson to all, your, all you older brothers out there. Um, that as we stood there and everybody was on their feet and they showed clips of last season, I wasn't the only one that felt tears coming down my eyes. I mean, this is silly. But it's because we waited long enough. We waited and we waited and we waited. And we kept showing up year after year to the stadium thinking maybe this year will be the year. And finally, after all these years, we get, to see, we get to say, we know what it's like to be champions. Friends, trusting God is very similar. We plant ourselves next to the water of Christ, the living water that is Christ. We plant ourselves next to the waters like trees, the way Jeremiah writes in chapter 17 when he says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who, whose trust is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by the water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. And in the year of drought, it is not anxious. And it does not cease to bear fruit. Trusting God is being willing to plant ourselves in this community next to the waters, even though we might not be hearing God, even though we might not be seeing God very much these days. Because God is in the waiting too. God is present in the waiting, and God is present when it's time to stop waiting. You are not forgotten by God. So be encouraged and keep waiting, and keep waiting together. The second thing that I love about this story, and particularly about Thomas, is that he was very honest about his needs. I think that's a rather unappreciated quality about Thomas. 
You saw how specific he was? He told the disciples, I need to see Jesus. I need to put my hands on Jesus. I, I mean, I need to feel him breathing on me. I need to smell him. I mean, that's what I need in order to believe. There's two ways of looking at that. We can say, what an incredulous, what fool, what guy. I mean, you just spent three years with Jesus. Or we can say, wow. That's very specific. And you know what? Jesus met him at that very need, did he not? Jesus showed up and he said, Thomas, put your hands here. Because I know that's what you need. Put your hands right here. That's because I know that's exactly what you need. And friends, let me tell you, time and time again, Jesus will meet us exactly in the ways in which we need him to. So be honest. It is okay to say to each other, you know, right now I'm having a little trouble with my faith. It is okay to say to one another, you know, right now I'm just not sensing God very near. That's what it means to be a part of a community of love and forgiveness. There's no shame. You don't have to turn in your membership card for saying that. In fact, I believe that one of the places that God is near to us in those moments. It's in the presence of our other brothers and sisters that are in the season in which they are seeing God and hearing God. And because of their trust, we can trust God too. It's like piggybacking on one another. God will meet us when we are honest about what we need. Everything we need, God freely gives us. And the last thing, there comes a time when Jesus does meet us. And he gives us the peace that we need. But it's up to us to receive the gift that Christ is offering. Christ can't force it down our hearts can't force it on our hands, can't force us to walk out of this room with its peace. It is up to us to say, it's time. I'm going to receive this grace. I'm going to receive God's peace. I'm going to receive God's truth for my life. And it is time now to get up and continue to walk with Christ in victory. Friends, although doubt is part of the journey, it is not our whole journey. Although doubt will come and go, it does not define this journey. What defines this journey is that time and time again, Christ shows up in our lives and tells us, Peace be with you. Time and time again, God shows up in our lives and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Time and time again, God, God shows up in our lives and provides us with exactly what we need.
There's no expiration date to that. There's no limit to that. So don't think that because you've had to depend on this special grace from God that somehow you're nearing your limit. Our God is a big God and He will not run out of the grace that we need. Our God is a big God and will not run out of the peace that we need. So this morning as we prepare to go into this world as people of that follow the risen Christ, as Easter people. Know that every step that we take, whether it's in doubt or whether it's in believing, whether we are in a season of unbelieving or whether we are in a season of believing, Christ's peace for us is the same. Christ's power for us is the same. Amen? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.